Welcome back to episode 11 of the Superman Confidential Podcast, where I talk all the news about the Man of Steel in movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom, your host. Jump in today. I will be talking about Krypton Season 1 a little bit later, but there is some news to discuss related to the Man of Steel. And I guess in the old news category, old movie news, Matthew Vaughn talked about the Superman pitch he made to Warner Brothers for a potential Superman trilogy. Matthew Vaughn, if you don't know, he's done things like Kick-Ass, Kingsman, X-Men First Class, Stardust, I think was his, uh, lots of other things. And he's his name has been whispered about near Superman dating back more than a decade. So he talked to Polygon about it. And just to put a little bit of a frame of reference to it, I've seen a lot of people talking that this was his pitch for Man of Steel 2 or you know, a sequel to Man of Steel. I don't think that's the case the way he says it. So uh, back in 2008, this was post-Superman Returns. Warner Brothers was trying to figure out what to do with Superman on the big screen, something that seems to be the, the general status quo for Warner Brothers related to Superman movies. But they were, they were looking at lots of things, and eventually the, the one that stepped forward was David Goyer with Christopher Nolan, their pitch for what would become Man of Steel. Famously, Matthew Vaughn had a pitch with Mark Miller, the comic book writer, about what they would do. And it doesn't sound like it got very far, but uh, at the time, back in 2008, there's an Empire article where Mark Miller mentioned a trilogy that would be the following. He, he said, I want to start on Krypton a thousand years ago and end with Superman alone on planet Earth. Glass being left on the planet as the yellow sun turns red and starts to supernova and he loses his powers. So it could have possibly been like the Lord of the Rings trilogy where it was released once a year. So they were thinking maybe a Superman trilogy. I don't know if filming them at once. Um, that idea has never sounded that great to me. Obviously, where we're sitting now, a trilogy of Superman films sounds great. Um, but this seems like a trilogy. So we're only getting three films with Superman and it would be. Again, only <laughs> three films with Superman. How how wonderful would that be to only have three? Uh, considering, yeah, and it, you, you guys know the history of Superman. So three films, and we're going to spend a lot of time on Krypton, and then it's going to go with the end. There's not a lot of time for Superman to be Superman things. And I, I'm, I've talked in the past, I'm more interested in more of an ongoing thing, more than three films, maybe something like Harry Potter or James Bond, where it's just make a new film every few years because it's Superman. But the idea of a trilogy is interesting, especially at that time with what would become the Dark Knight trilogy being so popular. But Polygon just asked Matthew Vaughn about it. Um, and he said, and Polygon said that Vaughn and Miller's take would have had the event take place much later in the timeline that is pertaining to Superman's Superman being sent to earth. So, this would allow Superman to grow up on the home planet and gradually become familiar with Earth, maturing into an adult before having to reckon with his loyalty to both planets. I saw a lot of people up in arms in this, and this doesn't sound great to me. Uh, it's not terrible, but what does this mean by slightly older, a slightly older Kal-El being shipped off to Earth? Does this mean three years old? Does this mean 10, 15? It sounds like he wouldn't be an adult, so it's relatively young. But I think that's one of the things that you don't really need to mess with. Uh, Superman's and Kal El is sent off as a baby, gets raised by the Kents. That's that's kind of how it goes, and that's my preferred way to do it. Yeah, you can have him sent off as a birthing matrix, or you can have him slightly older. Uh, and, uh, you know, Silver Age sometimes he would have memories of being on Krypton, so you can do that. And I'm not totally opposed to it if it is three years old or so. But I'm 
I think if you have him a teenager or something, for example, you're changing a lot about Superman. And the alien aspect to Superman isn't something I've always felt all that compelled by. Uh, the alienated version in particular. Obviously, he's an alien. That's part of who he is. But he was raised on human or on Earth by human parents, and that helped shape who he was. He's a child of Earth, much more so than Krypton, at least by the way he was raised. So not terrible, but not something that I think needs to be messed with. I don't I don't think that needs to be messed with. Uh, the Superman movie franchise kind of fizzled out back in the 80s because Superman 3 and 4 just weren't viewed as that good. Uh, I don't think it was because in 1978, Richard Donner and company decided to have Superman sent as a baby. I don't think that was the problem. So I don't think that's something you need to tweak. And again, I, I've, I want Superman, stories of Superman being Superman. I don't need his origin redone in a different way, at least what I, you know, for what I would want. Just he gets sent there as a baby. That's one of the fundamentals of Superman that everyone knows. He's rocketed off from Krypton as as it's exploding or just before it's exploding or months before, whatever, but just before it explodes. And then he goes on. So uh, ultimately, I don't think this is going to happen. This pitch of Vaughn, uh, if you remember... Back in March of 2007, Collider reported that WB was interested in Vaughn for a Superman movie. And in September of that year, he talked with Collider about what that would be. And he said, weirdly, if I did do Superman, I think my main take would be, it's really boring, but make a Superman film. I just don't feel a proper Superman. I think Donner did it to perfection for that time. Just doing the modern, I want to do a modern version of the Donner version. Go back to the source material. For me, Superman is color, feel good, heroic. He's a beacon of light and darkness. And that's why I think Superman should be. That sounds great to me. Uh, you know, go back to the source material, do do that, a heroic, triumphant Superman movie. That sounds great. So the, what he says in September 2007 sounds very different from the, the pitch. So I don't know if this is the September 2017 version is his take on what a Henry Cavill sequel to Man of Steel would be, or if it is a reboot, who knows, with Warner Brothers. But uh, ultimately, it's not going to happen. But I think Matthew Vaughn could make a good Superman film. He said if he was offered, it would be tough for him to say no. And, you know, I think he could could make a good Superman film. I, I would, again, like to have it stick a little bit closer to the source material. But I think that con- that quote gets a little bit taken out of context. And, and him seeing him just take on Brainiac or something, would Matthew Vaughn could do a good film with that. But it doesn't look like it is going to happen. And, yeah, this is all probably old news because Vaughn being talked to Talking to Warner Brothers about Superman all took place during the Jeff Johns, John Berg era of DC films. There hasn't been anything really before that or after that. And that was January of 2018 when there were changes. There, there's been no real talk about a Superman, uh, anything like that. Nothing seems on the horizon. But I thought it would be fun to talk, talk about what that pitch could have been. Elsewhere, the animated DC Super Pets movie has been delayed. Why is this important? Well, the article from Deadline mentioned that the pets of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman will be among those included. So, Crypto, probably going to be in this. Um, Yeah, this isn't a movie I'm very high on or terribly excited about it, but it could be a good movie, an animated movie if done well. And hopefully Crypto gets something to do and maybe Superman will, will pop up in that, but it was scheduled for May of 2021 and it's been pushed back a year, May of 2022. So it's three years away still. On to a little bit of TV talk. Tyler Hecklin was asked about possible future appearances as Superman in the Arrowverse at the MCM London Comic Con. There's a panel for him that he was attending 
and was asked about it, and his answer was, I don't know. I know there's a big crossover coming up, so I've got my fingers crossed that we'll figure something out. To me, I don't believe that he doesn't know. I think he either knows or else he's not involved in Crisis on Infinite Earth. So the way he says it, you know, he says that he knows there's a big crossover coming up. I'm guessing he is returning, but can't confirm that, isn't allowed to confirm that. You got to think they would have told him probably when they were filming Elseworlds, hey, Crisis is coming up next year. Can you keep September or October free or whatever to film that? So that's not surprising. Uh, but I do I do wonder with the way the end of Superman's story in Elseworlds was handled, was that a way to write him off for Crisis? Or was that a way to give him a nice return just in time for Crisis? So he's, he's gone for a year. Does that mean he's back right before the Crisis starts or he's back right after the Crisis starts? I don't know. For me, uh, I'm wondering what people... Want, do they want Superman? I'm sure a lot of people want Superman in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, he is one of the most important characters from the comic book storyline. Uh, of course, he was very important in Crisis on Earth X and Invasion in the comics as well and wasn't included in those. So that doesn't necessarily mean he would play a big role in the Crisis adaptation. Uh, I've, 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 I've said before that I think Superman should not be on TV, but... Uh, there's nothing for him anywhere else. It would feel weird not seeing him in Crisis, you know, having a Crisis on Infinite Earths ad adapted and there being no Superman. Uh, that would be weird. Uh, just, just, just would be weird. But if there is a Superman, I would assume it would be Tyler Hecklin and not necessarily another version, uh, previous version of Dean Cain and Tom Welling or anything like that. I wouldn't expect that. I just don't. Uh, it would, it would kind of surprise me, but. Yeah, I think I think there's a good chance he's back for Crisis. Will he be back for all of Crisis? It's going to be five episodes, or does he just return? Maybe they do a cliffhanger and he comes back for the the end couple episodes. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to have a major role, but something like Elseworlds, where he is a a smaller supporting character, I think that's probably how they will do it again. If they do, I'll get into that more when I talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths, which will probably be the next podcast and then maybe more when we find out officially if he is going to be back or not maybe we'll know by comic-con next month or something like that but yeah uh, i'm curious what everyone thinks Do they want superman and crisis on infinite to have a big role or or what or what they would like to see from superman in crisis other than just just fighting some heroes and some villains lastly with krypton season two set to debut soon there's marketing for it everywhere lots of really cool things going on for it it's looking great i want to take a look back at season one of krypton uh and tell people why they should give it a chance if they haven't, or just give my thoughts on it. This isn't really a review or anything like that, but a look back. Uh, Non-spoiler-wise, if you haven't haven't seen it, and how I would pitch it, well, there is a lot going on. There is a lot of Superman mythology. It's not really an action-adventure show. It's not a superhero show. It is a sci-fi show, sci-fi drama set on the world of Krypton. Superman's home world so I know a lot of people don't care so much about it you know Superman's grandpa who who cares I say that's a fair point uh but you don't care about any characters until you care about them and get to know them so uh, if you think of it more of as an original sci-fi show that happens to have ties to Superman's mythology I think you will have a better chance of enjoying it than if you're looking at it as a Superman show without Superman but it, it is there gets into some political stuff, some some guild stuff, all of that, those things that go on, the life, the culture 
of Krypton, but there are some twists and some surprising elements brought in that you wouldn't necessarily expect in a show that is set 200 years before Kal-El is rocketed off of the planet. So all in all, I think it's a really, I was really impressed by how good it was. I think it starts a little slow, but it gets better as it goes. And I liked it from the start, but it gets even better and continues to build throughout the end. And it's it wouldn't be a spoiler to say, since he was so heavily featured in the marketing, that Brainiac is in it. And it is a good-looking Brainiac. It is what you would want to see Brainiac look like, and a really cool work. And there's great characters throughout. Lots of characters from the comics, but some originals, as you have to flesh out the world of Krypton. You know, it's not even about Jor-El and Zod. It is about the generation before that. So Sagal, Superman's grandpa is the main character and then it introduces adam strange so it has lots of sci-fi elements there's time travel all kinds of things going on and it's because of those some of those twists and and time travel and things like that you can do surprising things that you wouldn't expect in a prequel and it allows you to be surprised but the show does a good job of keeping things surprising and balancing that with being respectful to the mythology so it incorporates a lot of elements, a lot of characters from Superman mythology throughout it. And so I think it's worth checking out if you are a Superman fan. It's definitely not for everyone, but it does help that it is the show, the way the framework of the show works. Superman is the most important part. Obviously, he's not in it, but his presence, his importance to the world is something that they focus on. And so I, I really liked how the show is so respectful to Superman and his importance, uh, because without his importance, the show wouldn't exist, obviously. And so I like how they they play with that, how important the character is, and, and get into some real, real talk about that. So I definitely recommend checking it out. It's out on Blu-ray, digital, DVD, all of those things now. Uh, in terms of spoilers, I will get into spoilers now if you have seen the show, or if you just don't care and want to be spoiled anyway. Um, well, the biggest thing, I was interested in this show when we thought it was just going to be about Krypton, about Segel, Superman's grandfather, where we just see what Kryptonian culture is like, Kryptonian guilds, the technology, all of that stuff. I was interested in that, and it's just the day-to-day life of Krypton, maybe with some some civil wars, some political drama, some some of all those things. But then the show in the midpoint introduces the twist of here's General Zod coming back from the future to help save Krypton from Brainiac. Just ridiculous. And that allows the second half of the show, the floodgates really open where now we're, we're throwing in Brainiac, we were throwing in Doomsday more. All of these things are intermixing and in that that's what makes the show unpredictable. But because it's a time travel element, you can say this is uh, still respectful to the mythology. It's just what if it, it makes it not just a prequel to the general idea of Superman, but a sequel to whatever you want it to be. That's, you know, there's nothing in particular this is connected to other than the general idea of Superman. So you could say it's a set in the future of Superman's world because Zod and Adam Strange come back. And it makes a lot of sense in, in that way. It's surprising. Like I said, I really like the respect uh, to Superman that they give, the, the world of Krypton that they develop on a sci-fi budget. The production value is really good. And they show the the different look of Krypton, the different sets and, and all of that. You know, they have to create that from scratch. Either the cg establishing shots or the sets that they're in it looks alien but yet something you could figure it out so it still logically makes sense like you see a bar and you know it's a bar but it also doesn't look like any bar you've ever seen before 
but it looks like an alien bar, but you still under no understand what it is because uh, it's just well designed and unique looking. And that's something I hope to see more of, more of the world of Krypton, more of that day to day stuff. The cast is really good from top to bottom. There weren't any weak parts or anything like that. I didn't know most of these actors going into the show, uh, but I'm impressed by what they've done. And there is some really great character work on the show. I don't think there's a boring character on the show. Um, really well done and not your stereotypical stock type characters. There is a lot more depth and complexity and intrigue to each of them. There are some characters from the comics who are important. Segel, Devem, and Quexol. I wish Quexol was around a little bit longer, but not much for him. He's, he's one of the bigger Kryptonian characters in, in comics. He's not a huge role. Not as important as, say, Zod or Jaxer or anything like that, but one of the bigger pads from Krypton. Zagel obviously hasn't had a huge role. Jor-El and Zod are much more well-known. Devem has been one of the bigger characters from the comics that is a regular on the show, but we don't get to see too much of that in season one. And the new characters are really well done, so we see more of the the Els, Val, Ter, and Charis, and the Zods, Lyda and Jaina, awesome characters. Nissa and Dar- Darren, no, Daron, don't call him Darren, Vex. The Vex, the Zods, and the Elves are the main ones we see, and I think they were really well done. Uh, nobody's, just the character work is so logically done. It seems like things those characters would do based on what we know, and I like the way Lyda and Nissa in particular were developed. Well, Jaina too. Kem is a good character. I, I like all of the characters on the show. You can see the influence of where the show comes from. So this Superman mythology you see things that clearly reference Superman the movie. Man of Steel, David Goyer is the main developer of this show, creator of the show. And you can see that all that time and energy he spent developing the first 20 minutes of the Man of Steel script where Jor-El is going around. You see all of that development, the Codex, the way of life on Krypton. You see all that work paying off in this show. We get to see more of that and expansion of that. Obviously, unlike Man of Steel, you can't have 20 minutes of crazy high-flying action and Jor-El flying around on a dragon-type thing. But the world of Krypton, uh, the basis for that is there. This show has some of the better-looking live-action portrayals, uh, especially for T of Brainiac and Doomsday. They both look really great. Uh, We don't get to see much of Doomsday. Obviously, that's a little tricky to have a giant CG monster running around all the time, but Brainiacs and Zod and Doomsday, I really like them. I thought they were handled really well, and I want to see more of them. And more of that Superman mythology, we get to see a Fortress of Solitude, the Black Zero group, which is big in the comics. The Phantom Zone plays a plays a part in the show. I thought that was all really cool. Jaxer is a character I hope to see more of. In the comics, Jaxer was one of the biggest bads on Krypton, maybe even more so than Zod at times. And Zod became more well-known with... Terrence Stamp's portrayal, Michael Shannon's portrayal, the character was in Smallville a couple times, so Zod is was one of the biggest bads, but Jaxer was huge in the pre-crisis Superman mythology, and I hope the character has more going forward. All in all, I was really impressed with season one of Krypton, and I'm looking forward to more. I, I had good memories of season one, and I wondered if maybe with time if that would change, and, and I just finished a rewatch, and nope, I, I, I still really like it. I'm really sucked into we get to the final, and we've got Brainiac and Zod. Um, this is a really good portrayal of Zod. By the way, I've been a little Zodded out. I think 
he's not a bad character. He's a good character, but we've seen so much of him in live action that he wasn't a character I really wanted to see more of, but he's played so well. And they, they get you really liking Zod, uh, in some ways because he is he seems like he's just for krypton and he wants good things obviously we know he's got ulterior motives and might not really care about krypton as much as he says so much as ruling you know we know all that but he does such a convincing job of convincing the characters that out for them out for the good of krypton that and yeah that it's just a it's just a tremendous season with a strong finale that sets things up for interesting stuff i don't know where they're going to go in the future uh there's still so much they can touch on with Candor maybe being bottled again, where they go, what the long-term plan is for the show. But they've kind of earned my respect on this show that they are respectful to the mythology, but adding their own things to it and using them in a way that is still accurate to the basis, but fits in a way of this generation. So there, there are more things I want to see. And it's also just nice to have uh, so many of these cool Superman characters well portrayed on TV. You can almost look at this as you know, Superman fans being desperate for content where this is almost in your head canon. It could almost be a sequel to some of the events of Man of Steel. Obviously, it wouldn't make sense for General Zod to be there. But in David Goyer's original script, he General Zod survived and was sent to the Phantom Zone uh, until Zack Snyder had an idea to change that. So you could say <laughs> if... If Goyer continued on with a Man of Steel 2, uh, this could almost be the continuation of that. Zod comes back. Superman establishes himself as a the greatest hero on Earth, a, a world leader, part of the Justice League, all of that. General Zod escapes from the Phantom Zone, goes back in time to Krypton to save it, all of that. So if you look at it from that way, if you want to in your headcanon, it's almost like it has some of these cool ideas for what Goyer might have done down the line with a, a solo Superman. And if we don't get a solo Henry Cavill anytime soon, I will be disappointed. This won't replace that. Think about it as a innuation in some way, even though it's not. about. So going forward, what do I want of the Kryptonian culture? The guilds asleep, the animage of that. But I'm, I'm interested more to that, the day-to-day alien. Nightwing and those characters before, I want to know if they would... The original Nightwing and Flame Bird were Superman and Jimmy Olsen being going in the Battle of City of Kandor and fighting crime like Batman and Robin. I don't think they're going to do that, but Nightwing and Flimbird have been mythological figures, so I think they could do something with that there and, and get more into that. I want to see more of the city-states that they've mentioned but haven't gone to. Kryptonopolis, Argo City, there's Wagthor, the moon is still there, and maybe Jackster will do something with that. There's a lot more Kryptonians from the comics they could introduce. In the Silver Age, the Bottle City of Candor Adventures, there's tons and tons. Again, I don't know how many they want to do because some of those are jor generation and this is before that but i don't they care about that maybe zod could bring in feora or ursa and non and, and non-kryptonians i'd like to see maybe something mongol after seeing brainiac in the first look at lobo i think seeing mongol with zod maybe going around trying to take up worlds i could see mongol having an issue with that and that leading to some conflict maybe maxima could show up some and more of the kryptonian mythology the eradicator could be touched on the Green Death, I think, was mentioned in Season 1, but they could do something with Kryptonite, uh, more with Doomsday, and going into Doomsday's backstory. And maybe their relations with other planets, now that they know there are more things out there. Talk to Daxum, Thanagar, Ran, or maybe the White Martians show up trying to take things over. Uh, there's lots of things. You can... I like what I've seen so far, and I'm really excited to see more of that and just 
more of it continuing on. I, I wonder what they're going to do, what their long-term plan is. I know they're talking about several seasons plans. I don't know if they'll get that with sci-fi, but I hope they do. And I, I wonder what it is. Could we see future generations? Have we already seen Jor-El or that Corvex that we saw a vision of? Is that actually Jor-El or what do they do with that? Could we eventually see Jor-El where Sag is aged up and his father and just have jump just a couple months, but maybe 10, 50 years or something like that. Uh, I think there's a lot of possible, pretty much anything science fiction related and they could do fun things with all of that. So really strong season one. I'm looking forward to season two and hopefully many more. That's all I've got for today's podcast.